Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. nation what's going on welcome to the irish breakdown podcast we're live with you on march 22nd which for you hardcore fans and all the people in the chat you know that means that today is the first day spring practice for notre dame football finally getting the wheels turning to get closer and closer to the 2023 season i'm ryan roberts director of scouting here at irishbreakdown.com that guy is brian driscoll publisher here at irishbreakdown.com and luckily Brian, along with Sean Davis and Sean Styers, were able to be in attendance today during Notre Dame's first spring practice, which I know, Brian, it has been a while. I was about to ask, man, because I know it's been a couple years for you. And the, the first day of practice, I know, is one of those one of those deals where, you know, they're not doing a ton. It's more about just kind of easing in, getting everything ready and kind of laying the foundation, man. But how was it to be back? There, there was no easing in today. I mean, look, the, here's the reality. So we we didn't get to see a full practice. We saw them go through stretch. And then we saw them go through the first five periods. Periods are only five minutes each. So um, we were able to go through that and watch that. I mean, look, you're not going to get a ton out of a practice like today. What I decided to do was focus just on the offense for the most part. I had some other observations on defense, not a ton. Focus on the offense. I'll focus on the defense on Saturday because the reality is when you're, you know, the first two or three periods were special teams. I mean, so you can see guys running down the field and see what guys look like, but you're not seeing a whole lot of football stuff. And we didn't see any like one-on-ones. We didn't see any seven-on-seven or any team stuff, but you got to see guys move around. And so, you know, on a day like this, what I think I can learn the most from is just watching the quarterbacks. And I did a lot of that today. So I'll have a lot to say about the quarterbacks and the wide receivers and those type of positions. But yeah, I tried to focus zero in on one one side of the ball a little bit more today. And and also because I wanted to see, you know, the new coaches. What are some of the yeah. new drills they're doing? You know, there's some things that I noticed there. And so it was a fun day. It was just good to be back out there. Angela was there taking photos. So, you know, I was, was down there in the field with her for, for the first couple periods or during the stretch periods to kind of get her squared away. So, yeah, it was a lot of fun, man. It was good to be back out there. Good to be talking ball again. That's the big thing. I'm just I'm happy to be able to talk and be able to talk football. And we have a lot of analysis, obviously, to work through today. Like Brian said, we're going to be talking about the skill position players today, mostly. Like Brian said, he kind of focused on the quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends. You know, the passing game is pretty much kind of what we're working with today. We're going to start off with a few coaching changes and some injury notes, roster movement, all that type of stuff. And then, as always, we're going to get into a mailbag during the second segment of the show. So if you have mailbag questions, asking about the first practice, about observations, about Notre Dame football, about anything, you can kind of sear that conversation. So throw those in the chat. Get the MB in front of those so we can really you know, decipher easily what a mailbag question is in the chat because we already have – I mean, Brian, before we started, we were already up to like seven or eight questions. <laughs> like, we know what the, how the chat always works, man. But, uh, Brian, I think a good place to start with, you mentioned kind of working, you know, watching the coaches and kind of seeing them in action. 
there were two new coaching changes, technically, of guys that were already coaches previously for Notre Dame. They have new titles next to their name now. So talking about Dela McCullough, who was elevated to the – or tagged with a running back coordinator position – or, I'm sorry, running game coordinator position. And then on the defensive side of the ball – you had Mike Mickens, who is now the passing game coordinator on the defensive side of the ball. So, Brian, quick update on these two moves, and what should we make of this? What does this mean? What, what, what just should we know about, obviously, these new designations next to these two coaches? Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I think for both, it's some, It's it, there's a couple things in it, right? It's number one is obviously they have more responsibility in some areas. It doesn't change it a ton. Like it'll it'll have some changes for like Mike Mickens is the pass game coordinator, right? But not a ton. I mean, he, he's a lot of those things he was already doing. Now it's about really giving him that official title, allowing him to be even more involved in in certain conversations with different things. And it's it, and I think that's the thing too is is kind of getting those guys both closer to their next step. You know, which for Mike Mickens is a defensive coordinator job, whether that's at Notre Dame or whether that's somewhere else. And so I think this is one of those things that kind of helps him along that he's not just a corners coach anymore. Be, and, and same thing with Dylan McCall, because I'll, I'll be honest, Ryan, if you go look around the country, you don't often see running back coaches getting hired as head coaches or coordinators. Lance Taylor was the exception to that rule, but he had coached receivers longer than he'd coached running backs or as long as he'd coached running backs, you know, and and was a receivers coach in the NFL. He wasn't a running backs coach. But you see guys like Dylan McCullough and Tony Alford have really hard time getting head coaching opportunities or even coordinator opportunities because there's a stigma about being a running backs coach. And then you see the same thing with with cornerback coaches. You don't see a lot of cornerback coaches get promoted to coordinators and 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 uh, defense and head coach. You're seeing that a little bit more. Uh, a few you're starting to see more DP coaches becoming cornerback uh, coaches also that are becoming coordinators in the NFL. But we haven't seen that a, a lot in the college game. So I think those are those are things that help them. So I think these are like, hey, these guys have responsibility. They have they have authority. They have they're guys that we really rely on for these things. That also helps those guys when it comes to their next job. Because if you're a good football coach, you want your head, your coaches to eventually get jobs at other schools and get better. You want they want them to get promotions. You don't want guys leaving for lateral moves per se. But if you know if if Mike Mickens leaves someday for a defensive coordinator job, you're proud of that. You're proud of yep. you know the work he did. You're happy for him because you know you know his career goals and then. You're also kind of proud of the fact that you know you you were able to help put him in a position where his talent could shine, and he could do same thing with Dylan McCullough, same thing with Chancey Stuckey. So, you know, you it, you don't necessarily you're not going to be a staff that has guys that are just there for forever, especially if you hire a bunch of young guys. Sure, 
And and so I think that's a good thing. And I think this is a chance to help those two coaches. And hopefully it comes with a pay raise. I'm I'm yes. I've heard a lot of things I'm not happy about with Notre Dame's unwillingness to give guys pay raises unless they're being pursued by someone else. Whereas Ohio State's just out there just giving their coaches money. They got now five coaches. Five, half of their assistant coaching staff is making a million dollars or more. And and I don't even know if Notre Dame has but maybe one guy that's that's in that category, maybe. So those are things that I want to see, Ryan, is I just want to see I want to see them them getting those opportunities. And I think things like this can help with that. And and of course, then we got to see the the new coaches that in action. So yep. you know, I had a chance to see uh, Gino Gadouli today going through drills, which was fun to see. You know, working on different foot, a lot of footwork technique. They were doing a real cool drill today, Ryan, which I like. Normally, I don't like drills where it's not directly game relevant, but I thought this was a really unique drill that that is kind of game relevant. But even though it wouldn't happen like this, so they would line up and they would run like a read, like an RPO read. Okay, quarterback would have it, so he would then hand the ball off, and then a coach would be like right there on the edge. The coach would throw him the ball. He'd catch it and then quickly catch it and throw it like an RPO. So he'd like go through the mesh and then quickly come out of it, catch it and throw. So they're so, actually working on handoffs to the running backs while also working on their RPO throws, which also getting the quarterback to lock in and be focused on go through your read, keep your eyes here. Don't get your hands, you know, don't get your eyes on the mesh. Keep your hands here. You finish it and then you're ready to catch and throw. Yeah. I thought that was the drill. I, I think that's really cool because the RPO game is obviously the read game, right? So, I mean, you are some plays are going to be keeping it. Some plays you're going to be throwing the football. So, you're working on two principles of that, you know, that that play on two different, uh, two different. I mean, you're getting two options on one single rep. So, I'm talking about maximizing reps. Like you're literally working both options off of that, which is really cool. Brian, I don't know if you've ever done it, seen this, and this is completely separate from this practice obviously but i've seen even some quarterbacks now where a quarterback will take like a five or a seven step drop they'll get the ball out with a rusher coming at them it's just usually a coach obviously he throws has to reset back into the pocket another coach throws him the ball and then he has to throw so it's like off of a five to seven step drop you get it out but then also they're practicing a reset on the same rep which i think is kind of a similar principle you know it's like you're working on two different principles on one single rep which is kind of cool i don't know if i'd love that as much because then you're not really working on the proper technique to climb the pocket you know where you're protecting the ball and getting the ball away from there but i think those type of things um uh those type of things I really like. So, you know, you go through the mesh, you hit the RPO, you saw them go through drills where one thing I did as a quarterback's coach, and so obviously I'm biased if you're doing something that I thought worked for me, then I'm going to like it. But I would have quarterbacks throw stationary, right? So you, you kind of lock your feet and you throw at different angles. So it's one thing to kind of stay straight on and I'm just working on throwing to you, right? That's fine. You're getting loose. But then stay square, and then there's a guy over here. So I got to then turn. I got to be square, but then I got to, and then I got to get my hips. I got to kind of cock my hips, and then get that straight, and then drive through guys over there. I got to really exaggerate that turn over here and make sure that I throw. And it's really about getting the the ball out on different angles because you can't always set your feet to the target. Sometimes you've got to be able to do different things, and they did some of that stuff. I really like the drills that I saw them going through. The receiver drills were a lot like what we've seen in the past with Coach Stuckey really focusing on top ends and different things like that, which are good, which worked for him last year. 
running back stuff was very similar. And those guys did a great job last year. A little bit of the O-line. We didn't see him do a ton, Ryan, but they were working a lot on double teams and getting to the second level, which, you know, is very similar to what we saw before. So, again, for five periods, we saw like two, three individual periods. That's it. Yeah. But from what we saw, I, I like the stuff that we saw. Because I've said – I've been in Notre Dame practices before, and I'm like, does this guy – the previous receivers coach, I'm like, does this guy ever do anything different than what he – like every single day they do these stupid pipe drills, and it's just like you're not really making them better. You got to have some variety. I told you about the when I watched Mike Sanford doing drills. I'm like, what in the flipping world is he doing? Like that, <laughs> there's no game application to that whatsoever. I didn't see that today. A lot of tempo, you know, working quick, getting a million reps. I mean, I thought that was good. So they did RVA, right? Routes versus air. And they would have four quarterbacks going, with four different receivers, which was good. <laughs> And here's the thing. I, well, well, we'll get into that later on, but that's the one kind of competitive type drill that we saw them do. And can, can we dispel this rumor? Because I see people talking about it in the chat. When Brian says he was working through the mesh, the quarterback speaking, Brian, this is not a slow mesh conversation. Yes. Every, every handoff that? is a mesh. <laughs> every handoff is a mesh. It's the slow mesh that is the issue. Yes. Yes. Well, and Brian, I think another thing that we saw, you mentioned obviously the coaching changes as far as the new coaches coming in. You talked about the new coaching designations on, you know, next to their next to their job titles, right? Let's talk about the roster a little bit cuz one thing that is always interesting, and we knew that this was there was going to be some movement in this department because I mean, what was Notre Dame sitting at? Like 93 scholarship players going into the spring, about something 90, like that. Cuz some about of the 90. guys that came off the roster today I didn't have on the roster anyway. Gotcha. So gotcha. we knew that they weren't going to be part of the team. So, so, um, so but for the general people, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, they're so, still over. But for the general for the general population out there that's been asking about how are you going to get down to 85? How are you going to get down to 85? For some people that maybe even had it a couple scholarships over than what you had at, we saw today there was a question during the press conference specifically about a couple players that weren't present during practice. So there was obviously some players that are now off of the Notre Dame roster. So can you fill us in as far as who those players are that are no longer on the Notre Dame roster? Yeah, so Will Schweitzer is a guy that uh, we we had – we. We, knew, we didn't have on our spring roster, basically. We knew he yeah. wasn't going to be part of the spring roster. So uh, he had a really serious medical condition around the Ohio State game last year. Uh, he kind of got into it a little bit. I'm not going to get into it any more than what he did. That's his That's his medical history. It wasn't a football-related thing. It, was a, it wasn't like an injury. It was, it was a really serious medical con- uh, situation that happened outside of the football, uh, the football realm for Notre Dame. So – uh, he he went through that, and it was always known he wasn't going to play anymore. It just was kind of like let him do it when his, when the time is right. You know that was going to be the big thing for him. Uh, so that was that was a big thing. Justin Walters is is also a, a guy that's not <clears throat> excuse me is no longer on the roster. We actually had Justin Walters on our roster, so he is a guy that is come off. Ron Paulus the third is uh, is also coming off. Those three were all medical situations and. We had mentioned this sort of the office. I mean, we, we try to drop some hints for y'all, right, without coming out and saying it, like not putting a guy on the roster should be a pretty good indication of something, right? And and so we talked about Justin Walters. We don't really mention him a ton. Yeah. And the reason why is he's just struggled to stay healthy, and you kind of saw this move coming. Ron Paul's the third. I did not think was going to happen, but it needed to happen. Uh, he shouldn't have been on scholarship in the first place, to be completely honest with you. 
and with the, he has been injured quite a bit in his career as well. I mean, he has had legitimate injury issues during his career, so that that made a lot of sense. Uh, and they have the quarterback depth chart now where they didn't need him to be like that third or fourth guy because you couldn't have not had Ron Paulus the third last year. I mean, otherwise, half the year, you're down to two quarterbacks for half of the season for Notre or most of the season for Notre Dame. So you you know you needed him for depth. That's not needed anymore with the addition of Sam Hartman and Kenny Minchie. Then there's three other guys that are in a little bit of a different situation, Ryan, and that is mm-hmm. Philip Riley, who, again, we did not have on the roster. Uh, Joshua Bryan, the kicker, we did not have on the roster. Uh, Caleb Johnson is a guy that we did have on the roster. And the reason why, some of the, some of the kids that we, we kind of went over, they were going to – initially they were going to go through spring and then maybe leave afterwards, and that was the question with Caleb Johnson. But he has since decided to just not uh, be there. Philip Riley and Joshua Bryan, mm-hmm. I believe, are both going to stay in school. Because gotcha. there's some kind of window at a first-year coach where you can kind of remove guys from a football scholarship, athletic scholarships, and then put them on an academic scholarship, and they did that with both Philip and Josh. I don't know if that's what Caleb Johnson is doing or not. I, I and I'm saying I, I'm not saying he is. I'm not saying he isn't. I genuinely do not know. But those other three guys are not. So, moral of the story is Ryan of those six guys, three of them we did not we did have on our roster. And so the last update that I had on the roster had Notre Dame at 91. I've got to go back and update it. So you remove those three guys, plus you move Brandon Hillman. Now all of a sudden they're down to 87. So there's still only now two guys that they have to get down to get to 85. If they want to get another transfer in the portal, then they've got to get down to three by three more based on my last count. And I'll update that later today, but that's, that's where I was on my, my latest, uh, my latest update. And it'll be interesting, obviously. I, I think, you know, again, you, you like you said, this offseason we've been, like, sending out hints, right? Like, we haven't talked about, you know, Philip Riley at all this offseason. We haven't talked about yeah. Caleb Johnson. Like, it, it was, there was indication for that, right? Without yeah. saying it, we're just, you know, trying to leave, you know, a little bit of insight. Well, because the so. problem is, like, I don't want to I, – I, it's not my news to share. Yeah. But at the same time, I also don't want to lie. When I know something's going to happen, I don't want to talk about – you know, Caleb Johnson being in the mix when I know he's not going to be, or I don't want to talk about Philip Riley being in the mix when I know he's not going to be. I don't, I also don't want to go out there and take his moment away. So it can be a little bit of a tricky situation. That's why I wish sometimes people just, you know, Brian's pretty thorough and it's pretty good at this. And he's gone like five shows in a row and he hasn't talked about this kid. There must be a reason why. Otherwise he would, you know, he would say it if there was a reason why, and he could say it, he would say it. Yeah. Just sometimes, you know, Take a hint, and then when the time is right, we'll 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 be able to explain kind of what's going on. So that's the deal with those guys. And then the last bit of player news before we get into what you saw on the field today. Obviously, Marcus Freeman was asked at the press conference about some players that are injured currently yes. in their right. situation. So I, I know that there's some players that are out for the spring. There are a couple others that are in limited basis this this spring. But just give us a quick update on what the injuries are and what we should expect for some of these guys. Most of the guys out, we knew. We knew that they were going to be out. We knew that Raritan wasn't going to be. I mean, we assumed Raritan wasn't going to be there this spring. He's officially out. Kevin Bauman's out. Adon Schuler's out. We knew that. The guy that was out that I was bummed by was Devin Houston. He announced that he won't be practicing this spring. That's a big loss. I was not aware of that. I don't know if that happened recently. I'm I'm not sure of when that happened, but he has a shoulder injury. So that was very disappointing because I was hoping that he would get a chance this spring uh, to push some people and maybe have a chance to to go play. So that was um, that was certainly a bummer to see. 
Yeah, it sure was, man. I, I I feel I feel so bad for those kids too. I mean, especially like you said. I mean, Devin Houston had an opportunity this spring, you know, with yeah. what the interior defensive line looks like right now. There's some uncertainty as far as what the rotation is going to look like. So, I mean, you feel bad for any kid that's not able to participate. Right. I feel bad for Don Schuler and everybody else that isn't able to. You know, Michael uh, Kevin Bauman has obviously had a, a spring of injuries that you just feel terrible for. And then yeah. Eli Raritan, obviously with the back-to-back ACL tears, just it's it's that that is the the worst part and the most unfortunate part of these conversations yeah. is the guys that just aren't able to compete with their team. Right. Obviously, there were three guys also that are going to be limited during the spring. Uh, he said that Jadarian Price is going to be limited. We did not, I did not see Jadarian going through running back drills. Uh, he switched his number from twenty-four to twenty-one. I'm not saying he didn't go through running back drills. I'm just saying I didn't see him out there. So if he was getting reps, he wasn't getting a ton of reps. Uh, Cam Hart was going through everything uh, nice. today, but he's going to be limited. So as it's it's what we thought Ryan was going to happen. We thought he would be and he wouldn't be doing contact, and that's what they yep. said. So I imagine there's going to be he's going to be going through individual and doing certain things. He just won't be doing contact stuff. Thomas Harper is also non-contact. The transfer from Oklahoma State that was a, a, a disappointing, but not overly shocking because he had the shoulder injury that cost him the end of his season at Oklahoma state last year. And then obviously Jadarian price So if Jadarian price is out there this spring, but limited, that's a good sign. That's yep. a good sign. And there was a bunch of number changes, Ryan, which I thought were, was strange. <laughs> like they doubled up a ton of the single digit numbers, which like I get it, but that's going to start getting a little bit problematic when you start getting into like special teams and stuff like that, which is yeah, that's going to be a little weird. So I'm 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 very curious how they're going to handle can, all that stuff. Can, can I can before we go through a couple of those number changes, Brian? Can I tell you my favorite number change that I saw sure. today? Deion Colsey rocking the zero, baby. That is going to yeah. be fun. But so Xavier Watts. I was yeah. like, what? I don't get that. Agent Zero, buddy. I, I mean, I love it. I really like it. I mean, I well, think got it two of them now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's 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 pretty dope, man. It's pretty dope. So. Like zero's doubled up, two is doubled up, three is doubled up, five is doubled up, seven is doubled up, eight is doubled up, ten is doubled up. Let yeah. So yeah, there's a lot of those that were doubled up. Yeah. Now there are so, two guys not on the roster that are are on the team. Yep. They just haven't fully updated the roster, and that is the two uh, the kicker and the punter, Krim and Saunders uh, Schrader, that Schrader. were signed this offseason. So they they are on the team. Chris Tyree moved to number two. That was one change. And, and so I, I had a feeling this was going to be the case. I mentioned on the board, and then Marcus Freeman talked about it afterwards. So the Chris Tyree thing, he said, this is more about getting him an opportunity there. They know he can play running back. So I think he's going to play a bit of a hybrid role, uh, which is not far off from what we've talked about. I don't, I don't think this is going to be a full-time, he's a slot guy, but he needs more work there than he does <clears throat> taking inside zone handoffs or duo handoffs like he did today. He moves well, to number two. Well, someone said, Brian, and I know we'll probably talk more about it when we get to the running back wide receiver section of the podcast, right? But it's an interesting comparison. Someone in the chat had said, like, he's the Percy Harvin for this team. And it's like, so that's an interesting. Like Debo Samuel. I think Debo Samuel would probably be a little bit more similar. Yeah. 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 Just because yeah. Debo was like a running back at times, the way they use him. I mean, yeah. there were games he leads them in rushing, correct, at, at, for the Niners, correct? I mean, they, he gets sweeps and, I mean, legitimate yeah. handoffs. And uh, I've seen games where he's led them in rushing. I think it would probably be more like that as opposed to, like, with Percy. Percy would just get, like, jet sweeps and stuff in reverses, right, if I remember correctly. At least I'm in college football. It was that yeah. way. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I that's something – 
it, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But you had uh, Tobias Merriweather's back to five, which was his high school number. So that was that was cool to see. You have uh, Jaden Mickey's to number seven now. Jadarian Price went from 20 to 24. Tyson Ford went from 98 to 95. So those are the numbers that I that I noticed. We also have an article out, Ryan, on irishbreakdown.com, updating all this stuff. And then I put the freshman and newcomer numbers. I'm not going through all those right now. <laughs> but you can go through and uh, and see those as well. Go, number go one, Javante read, read Jean-Baptiste is number one. I'll say that. So that whole stupid not giving anybody the number one jersey thing is gone. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Was but really go read the article if you want those updated numbers and all the freshmen, obviously, and the newcomers, I should say. Got to put the transfer guys in there now, man. It's a different yeah. era now. They were in there, era. yeah. And they, those, well, and I didn't put the, the two place kickers in there because that for some reason they were not they were not listed. So I don't, don't know. I don't understand why, but I think they just haven't updated the roster, which is, you know. Very no a very Notre Dame thing to do. Yeah. So yeah, I I wasn't I wasn't I'm not losing my mind, Ryan. I did see that last year. D, Debo Samuel in the did lead them in rushing in a game last year and I and uh two games last year. So in twenty twenty one, excuse me. So I, I knew I had seen where he had led them in I, rushing before. I, I think he set the record for most rushing touchdowns in 2021 by a wide receiver ever. He had right. like eight eight rushing touchdowns, I think, like that in that season oh or God. some crazy numbers. So yeah. 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 So quick notes there, obviously, on some number changes in 2021, eight in 2021. Yeah. Which is just ridiculous, man. It's it's just so silly. But so we'll see what the uh, what the role ends up being for Chris Tyree. But Brian, that kind of is a little bit of housekeeping stuff, you know, some number changes, injuries, coaching stuff. Let's get into some on-field observations now, man, which I know is the important part of what you wanted to get accomplished today. And a lot of the players that you were able to kind of take a look at. I think as as we always need to, starts with the quarterback position because this is one of the most highly anticipated springs just from the quarterback perspective because you, for, for the first time, and it seems like a little bit here, have legitimate options on your roster, man, like four potential options. And again, not four all off of the starting job. That's not what I'm saying. But you have now in the depth chart of Sam Hartman, uh, of a Tyler Buckner, a Steve Angeli, a Kenny Minchie. That's a pretty dang talented top four, Brian. So yeah. give us the skinny, man. What were some of your key observations for the quarterback position well, today? It was funny there. Sean Davis was uh, drove in for practice today, <clears throat> and we're sitting down there watching the quarterbacks, and I just kind of look at him like, yo, this is a different room. This is a different – it's a whole different animal from what I saw last year because, okay, I can say it now, but I got access to a lot of practice film last year, even though I couldn't go there, whether it was – you know, just, yeah, I won't need to get, get into how, but I had access to a lot of practice film from last spring. So I was still able to see some things and you could see like, it's just different, Ryan. It's like last year was like Buckner was really good. And then drew was just kind of like, you know, like we mentioned, we wrote before and we've talked about before, you know, his, his turnover issues that he had in the, that he had in the blue gold game and that he had in fall practice were evident last spring. Because he was pressing, like he was really yeah. pressing, because he knew he was competing for a job. I think Drew was pressing. Steve Angeli was a freshman, and you know now you're you're, and then you had Ron Paul's a third, right? And now it's it's Sam Hartman, and then Tyler's better, and then Kenny Minchie throws a beautiful ball, and then Steve Angeli's bigger and stronger, and the ball's coming out of his hand better. And, you know, this isn't like a a thing where, uh, you know, you're you're blown away by because this is how it should be if you're really good. Right, <laughs> but I, I saw. I rarely saw the ball hit the ground today. 
in, in our RVAs and and quarterback which, like one on ones. Which is which is pretty rare for a first day. You know, you're trying to it get time. Rare down. for Notre Dame in recent years. That's yeah, darn sure, sure. Between sure. the quarterbacks missing and the drops, like I, I saw very few drops. I mean, it was just it was a really clean, crisp first practice, which is good. I mean, that's what you should be. But it was noticeable, Ryan. No, two things you notice. One is this is a, still a small quarterback room. I mean, Sam yeah. Hartman's not very big. Tyler Buckner's yeah. not real tall. He's thick. Uh, it's a short quarterback room. Kenny Minchie's six two. I mean, Steve Angeli at like six three, like towers over some of the other yeah. quarterbacks. It looks like, but uh, you know, it, it's a really gifted room. It's yeah. a really gifted room. It sure is. It sure is. And and. I mean, it, it was it was nice reading your report, especially on the board, Brian, where we're just talking about the ball just c- is coming out differently. It seems as far as you know from the from the full vantage point, man. Like he mentioned it, you know, Steve Angeli's ball just looks a little like a little more zip on it, right? Ball's coming out a little bit better. You have a Kenny Minchie that it's beautiful off his hand, like he's a natural throw of the yeah. football. Sam Hartman the same way. Well, it's like you're seeing somebody in the chat, you know, this 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 Tommy Reese hater in the chat, right? It's like, well, it's because Tommy Reese is gone. No, Tommy Reese recruited Sam Hartman. He recruited Kenny Minchie, so he upgraded the talent in the room. Yeah, Tommy like, would have had not, the same quarterback room this year. Way, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that's the reality of it. It's it's a talented quarterback room, Ryan. It really is. There's some there's some players there. And then of course we get to see him go through drills and, and we get to see him throw routes on air. And, and again, that's all we saw was routes on air. And if you can't yeah. look good throwing routes on air, that's that's a problem. But it's been a problem in, in the past. And that was really good to see. It was good to see them, you know, like say I, I, Marcus Freeman said in the press conference, like, you know, these guys look like for, you know, he's a, he's like a rookie and a freshman again. And I'm like, yeah, he may be from like known what drills are, but when I'm watching him throw it, I'm like, this guy does not look like a dude that's in his first official practice with these receivers. You yeah. Know, timing was there. The, the ball placement was there. The deep ball was beautiful. Meme throwing the ball you way you hoped that he would throw the ball on day one. Now again, no, no, no team periods, no seven on seven. He may have thrown forty seven picks a day for all I know. I'm just telling you what he looked like in drills and during uh, during RBA, and you know that was that was good to see. What well, that was uh, good to see. Let me ask this, Brian, because this has been a topic that a lot of Notre Dame fans have talked about. We've talked about this on the on this channel. I think a bunch already. Is we were all excited now with Jared Parker as the the offensive coordinator, who's also the tight end coach. You got to bring in Gino Gadulli as the quarterback coach, the guy that's going to be with the group the whole time. Did it seem different as far as kind of the the you know no. I guess the meshing between coaches and the quarterback no. position? No, not not. It may be different, but there's yeah. no way you can see that from what we saw today. Sure. Because a year ago, at the same time, on this first practice, we only saw the first five periods. You'd only seen Tom Reese running with the quarterbacks. You wouldn't have seen him sure. coordinating the offense. Yeah. So it was Gino leading him, Coach Gadouli leading them through the drills that he wants to lead him through. There was a couple different drills they worked on, but it was it's a similar situation. It was individual. It, gotcha. it was just Jared Parker working with the tight ends and Coach Gadouli working with the quarterbacks and that type of thing. There was no – now you started to see Coach Parker – uh, where you started to see him sort of when they went to the RVAs, he was a lot more vocal, letting guys know the concepts, getting the calls out. Because they were what they were doing was, Ryan, and we'll talk about this next because I want to kind of talk about how each quarterback looked during this period. So they sure. basically line up in 11 personnel. The interesting thing, so we'll, we'll, we'll get this out, is when the first, the first group today of what we saw, I expect this to change every day according to what Coach Freeman said, but I was very happy to see that the first group 
was Tobias Merriweather, Deion Colsey, Jaden Thomas, and uh, Mitchell Evans. And then we saw Holden Stace a little bit in there as well. I was happy to see that. But the interesting thing is they had Tobias was in the boundary the first couple snaps. And then Dion was over with Jane Thomas. But what I was um, what I'm thinking they may be doing though, Ryan, is I I felt like they might have been going right left with the outside guys. Cause a couple uh reps later, when it was the same guys, you had Dion was on was on the boundary. So it, it could be that they were just going left right. It's too early to tell that from you know five, three, two to three individual periods on the offense but it was good to see those two guys in there obviously the second group was caleb smith to lorenzo stott because that's the thing lorenzo was in the boundary the first rep too and caleb smith was to the field so again that has me thinking that maybe they were going left right as opposed to field boundary during the during the 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 one-on-ones or during the uh, rbas so they would have four guys lined up in a two by two and i think there was a couple three by ones but they were mostly two by twos and at the snap, the all four quarterbacks would be right, right beside you, and they would all drop and then throw it to a specific receiver. And so that can make it a little challenging to watch, but you have to be able to look at it and and kind of say, okay, here's who I'm focusing on and where the ball is going to go. Because you don't always, you know, think, hey, well, this guy's going to throw that route and that guy's going to throw that route. And it, you know, you don't always know who's going <laughs> to throw the route the first time they do it. So uh, getting to watch the quarterbacks throw those, throw, you know, make those throws. They're throwing corner routes, go routes, in cuts, things like that. A lot of movement stuff. Couple, couple stop routes, but you could tell they're really emphasizing getting the stop throws out quickly. So, like, they wanted the receivers turning around and bam, the ball's in their face. Uh, so, I, I was, I was happy with what I saw from there. But the thing, the thing that we'll get into just, to, we'll get into each quarterback, Ryan. But the, again, the thing that I, I saw overall is there was just a lot of precision. In this year, guys fast into their routes, guys catching the ball. The balls that he, there was balls that weren't even like great ball placement on RVA. You know, like, hey man, get the ball down, right? Like, you know, balls way up here, but you know, Dion and Tobias just snatching it. Jaden Thomas looked just like Jaden Thomas. They look like a little bit more slim down version of it. We'll get into, but that was the thing is there's a lot of precision today. They didn't look like a first practice with the balls on the ground every because that can be one of the most maddening first day first couple day practices. You're just like, why is the ball, guys? We're not going against the defense. Why is the ball on the ground? You're why, on why, air. Man. Why do You're I keep seeing air. the ball on the ground? We're, we're not this. If you can't do this, it's a problem. But you yes. see that constantly. Oh yeah. Today I did not see a lot of that, Ryan. I really did not. I mean, there's a couple here and there, but I did not see the ball hitting the ground a lot. It was Bro. it was good to see. Brian, after coaching high school football, man, we used to run two-minute drill at the end of practice sometimes, and the ball would just be hitting the ground, and you'd just be like, guys, we're going against air right now. <laughs> like, There's no defense out there. This is so bad, I mean, to your point. But, I mean, that's great to hear that. It was it seemed crisp on the first day, which is great. Yeah. Let's dive into each one of these well, quarterbacks. Part of that, too, time. is people going to say, what's well, the coaching. is That's part of it. But you can tell these guys have been doing this a lot together. You yes. don't just go out there, draw up the drill, right before the first practice got there, and it's that crisp. You can tell that these receivers and these quarterbacks have been working on this stuff together this whole offseason, and that's an important part of this too. Uh, But And and again, but what it speaks to also, Ryan, is what we, you and I have been talking about for a while. This is a really talented couple of rooms. Yeah, The quarterback room is really talented now. The receiver room is really talented now. And you're seeing that. You're seeing that now. And so that factors into it as well. And, yes, I'm, I have f- confidence in Gino Gadulli as a football coach. I have confidence in Chancey Stucky as a football coach. They're going to make those guys continue to make those guys better. So uh, that was fun to see. Talent plus good coaching is always a fun thing for me to see. It really is. And can we just focus on 
praising what we saw today and not making this about bashing somebody else. Can we be better right. than that? Can we just focus on this team? Right. I don't care to talk about Alabama's offensive coordinator. It's the thing of the past. Let's talk about this team and not get into the petty. Let's take a shot or what it would. I have no clue what it would look like. Yeah. Just focus on this. Right. This quarterback room looks the way it does in large part because of the work that Tommy Reese did. How about we just say, hey, thanks, coach. Best of luck at Alabama and move forward with the guys that they have. Right. Because I guarantee you, Gino Gadulli's doing that. Hey, thanks, yeah. Tommy. Appreciate you. Because <laughs> you left me a pretty good room. And uh, and now it's his job to get the most out of that group. And, yeah. You know, it, was, it, was a, it was a fun first day. Now, I promise you, Ryan, there'll be a practice in three days where you're just like, good Lord, they didn't complete half their passes on RV. That's always part of it. It was just nice to see them come out there today and be crisp. For sure. And I, I know we're all obviously very anxious and we're, we're just ready for this to come, right? This day to finally come, the first day of spring ball. Well, let's talk about a guy that most people were most excited about probably coming into the first day, Brian. And that is, of course, Sam Hartman, former Wake Forest quarterback, 110 career touchdown passes. I know Coach Freeman joked in his press conference about this is Sam's sixth spring, right? So yeah. he's, 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 uh, he's pretty used to the, the spring practice, but it is his first one, obviously, at the University of Notre Dame. What were your initial impressions and observations from day one with Sam Hartman? Well, I'll be honest with you, Ryan. I was a little surprised by how – and by the way, he's a six-year senior, but he's only 23. It's not 26, right? Like, you know. Uh, but I was surprised how how on the same page he was with the receivers. Again, this is during RVA. It may have been different during team. But during RVA, I mean, the timing was crisp, Ryan. He's hitting guys out of breaks. The ball placement was really good during individual. It was also really good during RVA. I thought the ball was jumping out of his hand. You know, there's some throws that you get to see him. I mean, you see him on film, and you know he can make a throw, but then there's just the lower perspective of being down closer to the field, watching yep. him, because I was, was down on the field at times, not on the field, but like on the sideline. Uh, where where Ange was taking photos and stuff, just to kind of see a little bit up close. Want to measure, you know, see some guys up close and see what they look like, and and uh, and that type of thing. But also watch the quarterback spin it a little bit, and you see the it jumps out. I mean, he doesn't have like a bazooka for an arm as we've talked about, but the ball comes out really nice. It comes out with a lot of revolutions, which is going to lead to a lot of spirals. That's really important for uh, weather games. Yes, it's to have a, a really tight, you know, really like if it's what I mean by tight, like it's really tight spin. Right. And it's whatever you're doing, whether it's a fastball, whether it's throwing a football, if it's not a real tight revolutions, then it still may be hard, but it's going to be a lot less wind resistant. It's just physics. And so you watch the ball and it really spins out of his hand and you could just see it covering a lot of ground. He's throwing like kind of far hash out cuts, just hitting guys right on the money with room to the sideline, not leading him all the way to the sideline. And the deep ball was on point. I mean, Ryan, he was just dropping it, just outside shoulder dropping it, which, again, is something he came in with a reputation for. But just to see him do it. And the, the thing I like too, Ryan, is he gets air on the ball, but it's not it's not like floated. It gets up and gets down in a hurry. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, you're like, man, this ball is going to – like because the, like they're throwing from like the 40-yard line. And there's a couple where he let it go. It seemed like maybe a little late. You're like, man, he's going to lead this guy to the end zone. And it hits a guy like two yards in because that sucker gets up and down in a hurry. That That's, again, that's indicative of a guy that's really – the revolutions are really spinning because cutting through the air really quickly. 
And I was impressed with what I saw from him, right? Just looked comfortable. He looked, I mean, you expect it, but I kind of expected maybe a little bit more rustiness than I than I saw today. Now, we may have seen that during team because Coach Freeman is speaking about what he saw the entire practice. Sure. I'm just saying what we saw during those drill periods. And yeah. he spun it, he spun it pretty good. He spun hey. it pretty good. Yeah, and Coach Freeman in the press conference talked a little bit about, you know, it, like there were some moments during practice where Sam's just getting used to the routine a little bit, right? It's like, oh, what's mm-hmm. this drill? Like, where am I supposed to be going now? And just kind of the general flow of practice. So, you know, that stuff is to be expected, obviously, on day one. But it's a great thing to hear that, obviously, he looked the part coming over with his resume that he built at Wake Forest. So yeah. um, can we talk about Tyler Buckner next? Sure, of course. Obviously, starting quarterback last year, lost during the second game. And they came back for the bowl game, had five touchdown pass, uh, five t- total touchdowns in that bowl victory over South Carolina. He comes into this spring with a, it, it's going to be an interesting test for him th- this year, Brian. Like he, he's going to be in the competition, of course. But more than anything, what we've talked about a lot is that we want Tyler Buckner to really take advantage of this opportunity and to compete all spring to be the best version of himself. So starting point here, in order to progress through the spring, you have to get a little bit of a starting point. What was sure. what was your opinions? Uh, what was your impressions of Tyler Buckner on day one? You know, we've talked about how there's a good version and a, and a not so good version of Tyler as a thrower. Today was one of the good versions of Tyler. Yep. For the most part, his footwork was really clean. He seems to have kind of cleaned his base up a little bit, Ryan. You know, at times his base gets too narrow or too wide, depending on what kind of throw he's making. He looked a little bit more just good, good similar base. Looked a lot more like what we saw from him in the bowl game. Timing, Tyler's always done with really good timing and anticipation. He's got a really nice feel for the game, uh, and and so we and we saw that a little bit in the bowl game more so than we saw in the first two games of the year. Accuracy was good. Timing was really good. He's he looks like he's getting a little bit more, just a little bit more zip on the ball this year. Uh, the throwing motion is similar. It, it, it almost looked like it was maybe up a little bit more, Ryan, when he's throwing from the pocket, which is so, so a little bit less of here. More a little bit more here on the throw. I have to go back and kind of watch it again just to kind of get a better feel from it. His ball placement isn't quite as sharp as Sam Hartman's, which I I, I never expect it to be. That's just a nature of of kind of the difference in how he throws. And there were still a couple times, not so much during RVA, Ryan. He was pretty sharp during RVA. Uh, RVA's routes versus air. So that's just so you all understand. I don't have to keep saying routes versus air. So you all now know what RVA means. But during the RVA period, Ryan, he was pretty sharp. But during individual drills and during some of the – like when they were working on the mesh drills, he'll still get on the back, his, his, the back of his feet a little bit. Because, you know, you want to be kind of on the – you know, have a balance. You don't want to be too on your toes. You don't want to be on your, on your heels. You want to kind of be on the balls of your feet. You don't want to be flat-footed. So be on the balls of your feet when you're stepping to throw. A couple times when Tyler's running quick, when he does his turn motion, he'll just kind of naturally get back on his heels, Ryan, and never transition the weight back forward. And when he does that, it just causes his arm to dip a little bit and the ball be high. And when I mean high, I mean, instead of like right here, it's like right here. It was still catchable balls. But, you know, you just want to see him kind of clean that stuff up a little bit. It's like, don't – I know your footwork is going to be that way, but just, you know, make sure you're being really sharp with your release point. Try not to – when you flip back, to get back on your heels. Stay forward. Keep that base. Just some stuff like that. But he, he looked sharp. He looks sharp. The only thing I noticed differently from last, from what I've seen from him in the past, Ryan, is just, like I said, just a little bit more zip on the ball. Not a ton, just a little bit more zip and a little bit just more consistency of from a from a technical standpoint in practice. And that's not something I expect to be a problem, Ryan. He looked really good in practice. 
you know, the practice clips that I saw last year and the, and the videos I had access to. It's just he'll get into team stuff, right? Yeah. So during Indy RVA, he looks really good is what I'm saying. It's during the team stuff, and he'll start rushing his technique and rushing yes. his footwork, and that's when he would have problems. He always looked good during drills like this. So I expected him to look good. It's going to be taking this and applying it to the the team periods, the seven-on-seven seven periods is when it's going to really matter. And, and I'm very curious to see, and this obviously is not as much the practice that you get a vibe for this, but I'm really interested to see just the commands that Tyler Buckner has. On that, a, you, that you yeah. could see a little bit. He just looked yeah. a little bit more pep in his step, you know, just a little bit more engaging, a little bit more talkative today. Coach Freeman talked about that, so I think we saw even more of that during team, or they saw it during team. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you could see this a little bit. He just, he just, he's a confident kid, and and yeah. I think that, he understands he's in a battle and he's going to bring it. And he, and he, and we've talked about this. That's something Tyler needs to do a better job of is being more assertive. Yes. Ryan, that's like, definitely like something he needs to do about outwardly job. confident, not inwardly right. confident. Right. Cause I do think that yeah. Tyler Buckner has always been a confident kid. It's just about that. You know, that quarterbacks have a, have a presence about them. Right. It's like, even the guys like Peyton Manning never changed the motions ever. Right. But there was a like presence about him. Tom Brady, on the other hand, would headbutt people in the in the tunnel, right? Like it's a different perspective, but it was all about presence, carries themselves that way. And I don't need to see Tyler Buckner headbutting people, but I do need to see a little bit more of like I command this, right? Like this is my huddle right now. Like mm-hmm. this is this is my thing, right? And I think that that is a big part of this. And you know, don't have a full access to the practice fully today, especially in the teamwork. But I am interested to see just how that develops yep. throughout the spring when he gets his opportunity. No, he he looks sharp though. He looked good. He looked awesome. good. Yeah. Well, and I, a guy that I know that you said you thought had some big improvements from what you've seen in the past was Steve Angeli, of course, who's now a redshirt freshman quarterback going into his second year on campus. Six two and some change, right near six foot three, the biggest quarterback on the roster. How'd you think that Steve looked today? Look, Steve's got a really strong arm. It's definitely gotten stronger. Uh, he's filled out more. He looks more like a college kid now, where last year he kind of looked like a baby-faced freshman. You know, uh, he spins it well. It's just the the only issue I have with Steve is, you know, he 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 showed good command today. Uh, footwork was sound. Uh, ball jumps out, and he threw some really gorgeous. He threw, a, and I'm trying to remember who he threw it to. I think it might have been to Jaden Greathouse. He threw a corner out where I'm like, that is beautiful. That's a great ball. It's just at times he just he's not a great ball placement guy or not a consistent ball placement guy. You know, there's drills where every other quarterback's kind of keeping it like in this window, and that's yeah. where it needs to be. Like great ball placement isn't always like right here. Sometimes it's here, sometimes it's here, but you just want to kind of have it in a certain zone. Sure. And everybody's like kind of here, and then Steve is like here, you right. know, with it. And that's just something that he's gonna have to figure out a way to clean up. He's got a really compact. I, I'd almost want to say like Peyton Manning-esque throwing motion, Ryan. You know, where it's like kind of here and it's just like a really quick quick whip. And I think he just struggles with the consistency of his release point. I think he really – because when he misses, he always misses high, which tells me he's releasing the ball consistently too soon. He's just got to figure out a way to just release that ball a little bit better timing because if you release it too soon, it's going to go high. If you release it too late, it's going to go down. That's just, that's just kind of how it goes. Yeah. But when he does it right – it's a really nice ball, Ryan. It is. And he moves his feet really well in the pocket, you know, getting through drills. He, he's not, like, noticeably different. There was one interesting thing that I saw today. They were going through that line drop back. You know, they'll just kind of get on the goal line and drop back. Yeah. 
and every other quarterback was doing like an open cross, open cross, open cross. He wasn't. He was kind of doing like a like a scissors. You know what I'm talking about, Ryan? Like the see the guys were they're, you know like scissors go like this. They don't cross. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You uh-huh. know, it was kind of doing like that. I was like, well, that's interesting. It's, a, it, it's it almost was, like a shuffle to like a heel click yeah, almost. Type yeah, of thing. yeah, got it, got it, yeah. And uh, but it wasn't corrected on it, so I just think maybe that's something he's comfortable with. Maybe I don't know. It was it was is, interesting. Is that, is that a longer le- is that a longer leg thing? Like I'm I'm kind of I don't know. Through my mind not like that, that longer leg. You know, it's not yeah. like he's, you know, Dan McGuire or anything or like this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh yeah, Dan McGuire was like six eight out of six, San Diego State. I think it wasn't he the tall. Him and Brock Osweiler, the two tallest quarterbacks ever. I, I think they might be the only two quarterbacks ever that measured in six foot eight, if I remember correctly. It's some some wild number like yeah. that. They like yeah. didn't make any sense. But yeah, and that was Mark McGuire's brother, correct? Yeah, he was six yes. eight. Him and Brock Osweiler were both six eight. I think uh, Peyton Lynch was like six seven, right? Was yeah, he, he was like six seven. seven. Yeah, he was like yeah, six seven are, and eight or something. Yeah, yeah they were. Boys. Yeah, they yeah. were. But that's interesting, man. That's none of them were any good, but yeah, yes, like, they were big. That's interesting because I, I think Brian, like, if you dropped. Like if you just had a a observer that had no understanding of the Notre Dame quarterback room, if you just dropped them in and just said walk past the quarterback room and tell me which one you think is the guy, a lot of people would look at Steve Angeli before, yeah, like not doing drills, just like physically, right? He's the tallest, yeah. he's filling out, he's got kind of that look to him. So that's good to hear though that that yeah. it all seemed to jump off a little bit more, a little more consistent. Like that's great to hear for obvious maturation. Yeah. Yeah, he's just really going to have to improve his ball placement. That's that's my big thing. Is like because that's a big part of being a good quarterback. Is just yep. just, and that was always that was always my concern for him. Ryan was was, was always just is is he going to be able to throw the ball, just with the kind of accuracy and touch that you're that you need. That was that was always a big question mark for me. One guy that I watched in high school a lot that I did not have too much question of his accuracy or his touch was Kenny Minchie obviously yeah. coming out of Tennessee in the 2023 recruiting class he's been dealing a little bit Brian for people that don't haven't thought been following he's been dealing with a little bit of a shoulder injury that cost him some portions of his senior year from what I saw you write it sounds like he looked pretty good throwing the football for a first day he did. I mean, the ball doesn't jump out the same with Kenny as it did the other guys because he's he's still coming back from He's still a little limited. He's still in a yeah. bit of a pitch count because he because of this injured shoulder. He hurt, he hurt his uh, throwing. He dislocated his throwing shoulder during the season. Yeah. So he's missed a lot of the weight room work that these other guys have had since January. He's missed some of the drill work that they've had, and so you could see at times where he was rushing his technique. He's rushing his throws, trying to get the ball out quick. He's got a really quick release, but man, when he does it right, Ryan, and he did it right more often than not. Ball comes out really nicely. I mean, Sean and I were sitting there, and I was like, "Okay, let me see," because I knew because you know, then what they did on that that drill on RBA Ryan is they then they switch spots. So like he'll be here, the quarterback then moves to the next guy, moves to the next guy, moves to the next guy. So you can throw it all different routes. So I knew that Kenny was lined up because they'd gone through it a couple times. I knew Kenny was lined up to throw the middle of the field, you know, ten yard out cut. I was like, "Okay, let's see what he can do here." And he got that sucker out there, you know, just a very little bit of arc. And got over there with good speed, good velocity, and and I was like, okay, yeah, he can make that throw. He can make that throw. Do a couple nice corner routes. He throws a really pretty deep ball, real nice touch on it. So he looked good. Again, first practice, we didn't see him a ton, but he spins it really well. And I've heard great things about him, which we expect, Ryan, from just how quickly he's adapted into the room yeah, and just how, how quickly he's been able to pick things up. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Well, that's one thing that Coach Gadouli said when he was introduced. I remember, or yeah, when he was introduced along with the other newcomers, was he talked a lot about just how impressed he was with Kenny Minchin, the ability to retain information, you know, which is obviously a huge part of the quarterback position. So as he gets, you know, further along from his recovery from the shoulder injury, it'll be nice to see how much jump that he takes during the spring. So obviously, he keeps getting stronger, keeps getting better, retaining that information. And uh, yeah, man. So, and it, but it's good for him regardless to be in for his first spring, right? Like that's yeah. a great thing to be around yeah. those quarterbacks, to be around Sam, to be around Tyler, around Steve, and to really get that jump start in retaining information. So yeah. good to hear about Kenny. Wide receivers, Brian. Wide receivers. I know you have a lot of thoughts here. I was very honest here. I was very happy to read your report of the wide receiver room, man. You yeah, talked about exactly it a little why. bit. I know exactly why. <laughs> you talked about it a little bit, man. You did, but there was a lot of crispness, it seems, in that in that receiver room today. I guess let's start with some of the veterans, right? So maybe we can even start veterans. With the, I love how the, we use that word, the, veterans. The junior <laughs> class, all right? The junior <laughs> class. Junior class, of course, being Deion Colsey, Lorenzo Styles, Jaden Thomas. Okay, so yeah. you already mentioned. Two guys were playing majority on the outside. Jaden was playing on the inside. I guess let's start with Deion, with Deion Colsey, if we can, Brian. What did you see from Dion today during practice? Big boy. I mean, he, he's he's still he's still a guy that every couple reps you're just like, man, I want to see you really go after it. Attack you know, it. like yeah. Uh, you'll see in certain drills, he's he's just kind of going through, getting his work in, and then other guys are like, man, just really popping it off, and you just want to see that a little bit, little bit more of that from him, but. Caught the ball very well today. You know, his routes are, are clean. They were clean. I wouldn't call him like super crisp, but Deion's 6'5, 215. He's not going to be a guy that's, you know, looking like Cooper Cup out there, right? Sure. But he was clean. And, and that's what you want. Crisp is what you want to see from a shorter guy. You know, you want to see like a skinnier guy. You want to see Lorenzo really crisp. That means bam, quickly, one, two, getting out of there. A bigger guy, clean, is like he may need a third step, but it's just bam, bam, bam. You're getting out of there. You're opening your hips. You're getting into your route. You're not lumbering out of your turn, all that kind of stuff. And he did that today. Uh, He was first in a lot of the drills. He was first guy to go through a rep in a lot of the drills, which I liked. Uh, He was one of the first guys in in one of the stretch lines, which I I also liked to see that. And he's massive. When when you're down the field, you're just like, you know he's big, but then you're down the field and you're like, yep, that's a big boy, you know. (laughs) And, uh, you know, caught the ball really well. The thing I like too, Ryan, is he just was real, he was confident today catching the ball. Him and Tobias both, just balls high, just snatch it out. He wasn't fighting it. Last year on the first practice, and I remember seeing the video from the from it for the drills, 
And the receivers were just thinking so much because they were doing new yeah. drills. They weren't sure what they were doing. They were dropping balls. They they were making technical mistakes. Well, now they've been through all this with Coach Stuckey. Now they know what the expectations are, and you just saw them popping off routes and just bam, 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 getting in and out of their cuts, you know, going through drills, not having to start over a lot. Like we didn't see that a lot today. It's just like, oh, come on, do it again. Get back up there and do it again. We're, we're, we're not doing it right. That's because they've now been through this with him now sure and again they were you know not every ball from the quarterback was perfect several were definitely not perfect but you know a couple out cuts that you're throwing to Dion, and you're like that's a little high or that's maybe a little a little too far out in front of him and he's just like you know go go gadget arms and he goes out and gets <laughs> it so that was good to see that was very yeah. good to see he well, and it's really it's really nice to see that he's healthy too because i remember last year for the first practice i believe i believe he was in a red jersey last year right so he was a little bit limited i think with you know maybe a non-contact type of thing early on in spring last year so Nice to see Dion obviously back and healthy and, and looking more confident for sure. One guy, Brian, that I was really interested to ask you about because I had I know Coach Freeman talked about it, and I know you talked about it in your practice report, but it sounds like Jane Thomas, who ended the season this past year, is arguably the team's best receiver. He was playing great down the stretch. Sounds like he physically looked really good today just from a body type perspective. Sounds like he's been putting in work this offseason. Like he's still a big kid. He's still a thick kid. But last year, you know, he he was big, but he I wouldn't necessarily call him incredibly defined. Sure. He just looked a little bit more chiseled, you know, a little bit more lean. That weight was good. It was a good lean weight now than than what I saw last year. And of course, during drills, I mean he was exactly what you know, crisp in his routes and catching the ball with ease and a little bit more vocal. I think from Jaden this year than what we saw last year, obviously kind of stepping into that. Hey, dude, like you're the leading dude now, man. Like you, you know, you're not, you may not be the veteran per se, you know, Caleb Smith is that, but he's a new guy. You know, you've got to be one of those guys that shows a little bit of leadership out there. And, and we saw a little bit of that from him today. So I, I, I liked what I saw from Jaden. I thought Tobias was good. Tobias is still at times in the drills just like, okay, you went a step too far, you know, cause you're sure. supposed to go, like, you know, five and turn or, you know, but but he's he knows what he's doing. It's just just hey, lock in, right? Like lock in on this drill, which you. But that's where the soft the the, the current juniors were last year, sophomores, right? It was yep. still kind of getting to that point. But when he, you know, when he's out there running routes and and I mean he's 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 a big target. And he again catching the ball with great confidence, getting out of his breaks quick, showed a little bit more to me anyway. Again, game practice one, no pads, a little bit more burst out of his stance. Than what we saw last year, which you expect as a guy gets older and stronger, just a little sure. bit more snap off the line, which you, you want to see. He looked, he looked good. He looked, he looked well, solid again for what we could see today. And, and a good note on Tobias is that this is his first spring practice. He was not an early enrollee last year, so this is right. his first time getting that full off-season spring work as a part of the Notre Dame program. So great to hear about him. One guy that I was very, it was very happy to hear this, Brian. Going back to that junior class for a second. But it sounds like Lorenzo Styles looked more confident today. Yeah, would, would yeah, you say he that? He looked a lot more like Lorenzo we saw as a freshman. You know, Good. he was he was fast, getting deep. Uh, I mean, I didn't I ca- I saw him maybe catch six or seven balls during the RBAs, and he caught every one. He Good. wasn't fighting it because what we had heard last year was is that the the drop started in the spring, and I think you guys saw a little bit of that when you saw him live. Yeah, but he was he looked he looked sharp today. I mean, he, he looked his speed was there. His, he was in shape. He was catching the ball clean. Yeah, I, I liked what I saw from him. I mean, honestly, the, the, Caleb Smith looked good, the veteran yeah. Caleb Smith. You know, uh, the thing about him is he doesn't look 
as he he's he's a well put together 220. He does not look big. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's just because at 6'2, 220 at Virginia Tech, he was clearly their biggest receiver. Where at Notre <laughs> Dame, you're like, you ain't that big, dude. You know what I mean? Like, you know, next to Jaden Thomas, he looks skinny next to Jaden yeah. Thomas, right? You, you got you got three dudes that are bigger-ish than him. Yes, like, just, yes, yeah. yes. But, you know, v- very precise with his technique. Yep. Uh, good get-off, gets down the field vertically really well. Uh, really good body positioning on a couple deep balls. Like, he, there's one deep ball where the ball was, like, going to be here, and he just kind of leaned in at the last second and let it go here. That's a veteran play. Right late there. hands, late hands. Yeah. The thing I yeah. noticed about him, the thing I noticed about him, Ryan, is he's a little tight hipped, and you can tell that on some of the stop routes. And we he didn't run a ton of that stuff at Virginia Tech. No. You could kind of see it on film, and I kind of saw today. It's not like a, a huge problem, but no. that's why he needs to have such great ball uh, uh, concentration and ball skills. Is because it, we saw at Virginia Tech is he made a lot of catches where he was covered. Oh yes, he just he's got great great concentration and on contested catches and does a really nice job. Like I said, he's like a power forward. He, yes. Like it wouldn't shock me if I grew up learning like this kid played forward in, in high school or something, because he understands if I keep this guy between me and the football, then I'm going to catch the football. I'm going to win. Right? Yeah. Right. And right. and even on like deep throws, where you just like lean into a guy to make sure that the ball, instead of dropping here. So if I got a defender right here and the ball's thrown right here, He's breaking that up if he's any good. Sure. But if I can lean into him and turn this ball into this ball because I can lean into it, then that's that's what you want a receiver to do. It takes experience to do that, Ryan. And that's what and Caleb does a good job of from what I saw today. That's a great note, too, because everyone that hears the word separation thinks of as a route runner, right? But him being able to do that, that's creating separation. You're creating separation away from the defender and the football. That is a form of separation. So I think it's great. No, I mean, Brian, honestly, that might – and I, I kind of thought this about Caleb anyway. Like, I don't think this is a big deal, obviously, just kind of on the initial impression. I thought Caleb Smith is kind of a limited route tree guy, right? Like, I'm not going to ask him to run a ton of in-breaking stuff. And, like, I'm going to ask him to stay on a vertical plane most of the time, which yeah, is I'm fine. Yeah, I'm going to run that's a lot of post curls, yeah. you know, I mean, stuff that, you know – Double moves, a lot of China routes, a lot of pivot routes. I'm not asking him to do a lot of that stuff. He's he's a he's a comeback go slant guy. Like that's yeah. what he is, man. I mean, There's and, nothing and, wrong and with he that. He can do that stuff against zone. You yeah. can have him run all that stuff against zone. You're just not going to say, "Hey, man, you've got this guy playing you man to man. Let's hit him with a post curl because you're just bam, bam in and out of your cuts." That's just not who he is. Exactly. You know, but yep. uh, catches the ball really. It's, I mean, Ryan. I, I'm a broken record here. There was only one guy that I that fought the ball a little bit today, and it was a freshman. But yeah, uh, everybody else was real. I mean, really, really sharp today. Well, well, let, let's move to the freshmen. Some of the let's early enrollees. We have three early enrollee freshmen: Jaden Greathouse, Rico Flores Jr., and Braylon James. Couple nice reviews of the freshmen for first day, as far as as far as I saw from your report, Brian. I guess let's start with let's start with Jaden Greathouse and work our way down a little bit. So. Jaden Greathouse, again, he has kind of that physically put-together body. Still, you know, I mean, people that saw him at Austin Westlake, you know, this is a very physically imposing kid as far as his style of play. Uh, what, what did you see from Jaden on the first? He looks day? small. 
I mean, you know, he's one of the bigger receivers. He, he's 6'1", 200 pounds is what he's listed as. He, he might be a little bit bigger than this, maybe 6'1 and a half and over 200 pounds. But when you stand next to Deion Colsey and Tobias and Caleb Smith and Jaden <laughs> Thomas, and you're like, yeah, he ain't that big. <laughs> he looks closer to Lorenzo Styles than he does those guys. But what you saw, Ryan, is a really confident kid. You can just how tell a guy, you know, I've, I've always kind of said this before, like, when you're at a club, right, and there's that really loud mouth dude that just won't shut up and he's just really obnoxious. Like that dude is not someone I'm scared of, right? That guy's just a clown. He's trying to, he's trying to like, you know, scare you off with his mouth because he doesn't want any smoke from you. Like exactly. Yeah. It's the it's that guy that you say something to and he just looks at you and starts walking at you. You're like, oh crap. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> I messed with the wrong dude. Just that confidence, just the way he walks, the way he presents himself. Him and Rico both have that. Yeah. And and Braylon has that too to a degree, but the difference is they know what they're doing. Right. They did not look like freshmen going through drills. They did not look like freshmen running routes, and that's the best compliment you can give a, re- a freshman receiver. What's the best compliment you can give? Doesn't look like a freshman. Doesn't look and out of place. They were, right? I mean, like Rico had this one catch on the sideline, Ryan, where he's running an outcut on a practice field he's never had an official practice on. They've done in, you know work on there. He just reaches out and extends an outcut. It was just a little too far, and then double taps his feet on the sideline to get it in. And then, as he's falling, he rolls his hip, his shoulders, which is so smart. Yeah, I'm like, dude, that that's not a freshman play right there. Securing the catch and yes. getting away from the ground. Like yeah, we would yeah. literally teach that when I was in college, Ryan. Yeah. Like if you're catching and falling, you always roll the ball away. But we would also do it where if you go down and catch a ball low. You catch and you tuck and roll, you know, as yeah. best you can. And you're seeing Rico do that. And you're seeing him just really crisp getting in and out of breaks. And Jalen was really smooth. Rico's crisp. Rico snaps him off. Jaden's more smooth getting yeah. in and out of reps, routes. You know what I mean? Like you can see a difference in them. They're not like, you know, twins, but they're both good at getting out of breaks. Right. And the other thing they were doing today, Ryan, which I liked from young guys, is a lot of young guys, when they make corner routes or out cuts, they'll, they'll either like bubble the corner. So it's like stick and get to your landmark, right? Like on straight path. Well, some young guys will get that stick and they'll kind of bubble out and then have to work back to their landmark or out cuts. It's like you snap that thing at 10. It's 10 to 12 back to 10. Right, because on a speed cut, you can't directly speed cut laterally. I mean, I don't know if there's a human on the war on the planet that can do that on a speed cut. The speed cut is just one cut and like a rollout. It's not a double tap, get out of it, right? Um, but on a speed cut where he's kind of working outside, they were both really sharp, right? Like they didn't have that because sometimes you know you say 10 to 12 back to 10. Meaning, like, make your break at 10, you have that slight bubble, and then you work back downhill because you don't want to drift upfield on an outcut because that allows the defender to undercut you and pick that pass off. They were both really sharp with that because a lot of times it'll be like 10 to 14, back to 12. <laughs> you know, that's not really your one to be. They were, they were sharp getting out of their cuts, Ryan, and I was really impressed by that. To see two freshmen like that, just yeah. really just clean and, and precision and catching the ball confidently, That they, they were impressive. It, Braylon, the last freshman, yep, he is very explosive, <laughs> like very explosive. It's just kind of what we thought with him, Ryan. He's just he's just not as advanced as those other kids are. Like you could see, sure. he dropped the ball today. He was one of the few drops we had, 
And it was simply he just didn't play the ball well in the air because you could tell he you could you can tell when a guy's running a route when he's thinking about sure. the route. Where Jaden and Rico are just like, okay, I've done this a million times. You know, where Braden's like, oh, a corner route. I don't know if I've ever run one of those before. Like, I don't remember ever seeing Braden and James run a corner route in in a game, right? And you could just see he was kind of thinking, and then he was laking his hands around. He's oh shoot, there's the ball, and it just he just missed it, right? Yeah. He looked like a freshman. Sure. But he looked like a really talented, explosive, I can't wait till that guy gets coached freshman. He's just not where those other guys are you know, fundamentally. But his burst off the line is as good as anybody that they have right now. Yeah. So, I mean, not, not too many surprises out of those three as far as the first day. I mean, no, the one they thing were we, what we thought. And day yeah, one, day one. Exactly. Day one, things will, will improve, things will change. There will be a lot of movement over the next you know couple of weeks, obviously. But Jane Greathouse comes from a place like Austin Westlake, a little bit more of a, of a, mecha- a technically advanced player. Rico Flores, a little bit of the same stuff. I've obviously playing at Folsom High School. Brandon James is that height, weight, speed freak that no matter what high school he played at, no matter what high school he played against, he could run past pretty much everybody that was on the field against him, right? So no big surprises there, Brian. Let's move in. Well, are there any other notes on wide receivers? I, I, I just sure we didn't miss anybody. Just oh no, not really. Overall, yeah, it was just really fun to watch. I talked about Caleb Smith, right? Yes, you did. Overall, yep. it was just really fun to watch to see where the quarterback and running receiver room is compared to last year. I mean, that's yep. the big thing for me. Is it's just a, it's just a really talented room. It's a big group because remember we were talking about like size being a bit of an issue, and you know yep. you y- you bring Caleb Smith in, and then Jaden Thomas steps up, and you've got Dion and Tobias now, and then you add Jaden. You're Brad Jaden Greathouse. You're like, yeah, he's not that big. You know, it's like. <laughs> You know, because you're seeing against all these these twin towers, and but you you just like what you see from them, and and just the feel. But the I mean, they're eight nine deep, Ryan, and just good football players there. They're four deep yeah, in quarterbacks that can just spin the rock. I mean, and that's what kind of gets you excited. You 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 hope you see it in day one, but we're also warning people like, hey, they may not be sharp early on. It's a new stab, new quarterback, and all that. Sure. But they were pretty sharp. Again, in this period, they may not have been sharp in team, but in this period at least, they sure. were pretty sharp. For what you had the opportunity to watch, they looked yeah. very sharp today, which is a great thing right. to see. And I mean, like you said, man, the depth of those two rooms just from one spring to the next is bonkers. Yeah. How much that. You actually have a two deep a receiver, two deep plus a receiver now. Imagine that. Imagine man, that. They were at like four or five last year, wide yes. receiver. And it was just like, so yeah, this is a great. This is a great. And then so one of them bad. was Deion Colsey, who was limited during a lot of right. the spring with like a red penny. <laughs> exactly. On, you know, yeah, exactly. Uh, tight ends. Oh tight ends. There was a tight end's name that I saw early on in your in your in your piece that I really wanted to hit on, which I thought was super interesting. There was a couple of nice notes on a couple different guys, but I wanted to actually start with Holden Stace here, mm-hmm. who's the sophomore, more of kind of your flex tight end, can move around a little bit, play in different spots. He played a little bit as a freshman, played, played a decent amount as a freshman, out of necessity a little bit. But Brian, it sounds like he looked pretty good on day one as far as Holden Stace. Just take out how he performed, right? Like yeah. route running and catching and all that, which looked good. He looked different. You know, it's you kind of you kind of want to know what the sophomore class does after a year, right? And and, and people, are like, oh, how did Emil Wag- Emil Wag- I, I, Emil Wagner was on the completely opposite side of the field. I couldn't tell if he was that much better. He didn't look like his lower body still looked skinny, but it's always going to look skinny. He's never yeah. going to look like Quentin Nelson, right? I couldn't tell you how 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 you know, he's really filled out. Cause he just, I never got close enough to him to, to see that. Right. 
So I, I, I don't know, but I, I did get a chance to kind of be right up there with where, with where, um, Holden Stace was Ryan and you, you could see it. I mean, he's really filled out his lower body is thicker, his upper body. He, you know, he's, and it's, it's, it's filled out in a good way. You know, like his stomach area is not filling out at all. It's his chest, it's his shoulders, it's his arms. He looked more like a college football player. All, all than, the, all, all the good places you want to fill out. None yeah, of the bad places. Right. Right. <laughs> But the other thing too about him, Ryan, is his his burst off the line was like okay, yeah that that came with something new, right? Like that that weight came with something new, man. That that was fun to see. So he he definitely looked he looked the part. There's no doubt about that. He looked the part. And I know obviously we're dealing with a little bit of a smaller tight end room right now because there's a couple injuries. We mentioned Eli Raritan in the beginning of the show. Kevin Bauman, obviously, they're both fighting back from ACL tears. But I know you also had a note on Mitchell Evans, who's the assumed mm-hmm. front runner for the number one tight end for the twenty twenty three season. Mitchell, first day, your impressions? I mean, look good. He's smooth. Like we're holding his explosive. Mitchell's smooth. Caught the ball well. I mean, he looked exactly like the bowl game. He's never going to blow you away. Where you're like, man, that guy looks like a million bucks. He's he looks bigger. Like he's definitely yeah. getting continuing to get bigger and filling out. He looked he looked smooth. He looked smooth. Caught the ball well. He missed a couple reps because I don't know something happened to his helmet. Oh really? And they had to. You could see him over there. Somebody was working on it, and so um, holding had to take those those reps. And they're pretty thin at tight end right now because you've got two guys out, and then Cooper Flanagan's not going to be there. So you're down to the two guys we talked about plus Davis Sherwood, who's more of an H back fullback type than a pure tight end. Yep. But uh, no, he looked good. He looked clean. He did, man. That's great. He's he's he, is he buckling chin straps already, man? With with uh, no, it, wasn't, it, it didn't look like something like that. It was like something <laughs> on the front of it. I, I couldn't tell what was going on. But oh, that's good. Yeah, though. it was. Uh, it it was interesting. It was very awesome. interesting. Yeah. So not so not too much as far as just you know first day observations from the tight end room because like you said, no. there's a little bit of a limited room. It's just the yeah. size, the volume. Yeah. Perspective. I mean, they look they, other than what we kind of talked about, you know, I kind of sp- spent a lot more time on the receivers, but you could just see Holden Stace really coming out of his breaks fast. And he just, he Love looked it. sharp. He looked explosive and he really filled out. And, and like I said, Mitchell Evans, I just like, it's kind of like what I said, I didn't spend a lot of time on Jaden Thomas, right. Other than his body type. Cause it's like how Jaden does Thomas perform? I'm like, okay. Uh, do you remember, the you know whatever game uh that he played you remember the byu game or do you remember uh the the usc game or do you remember the navy game or you know pick a game where you thought Jaden thomas looked pretty good pick the south carolina game yeah, yeah i remember that game yeah, that's pretty much what he looked like today like <laughs> yeah it's what he looked like today so go back and watch that game and that's what Jaden thomas looked like today uh just just good all right so it was kind of like that with the tight ends like mitchell evans just looked like what you'd Expect Mitchell Evans to look like look like he did in the bowl game. Well, that's a good thing because he played yeah. pretty well in the bowl game. So I liked what I saw from him. Awesome, awesome. So that's kind of going to wrap us up here as far as well, first day observations. Well, Anything else? Just, yes, just a couple defensive things. Like I didn't spend yes. a lot of time on the defense. I watched them a lot more on um, on uh, Saturday, but during some of the individual stuff and during some of the uh, the 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 special teams periods, Donovan Hines has really filled out his frame. Like he is, he looks a lot, lot more like his brother now physically. He's put some beef on. There's no doubt. So I'm very curious to see what he does when the pads come on. And Josh Burnham, Ryan, we've always been impressed by what he looks like. He's filling out. You can see it. Nolan Ziegler looks a lot thicker than he did a year ago. I didn't get to see him go through any drills, but just seeing him out yeah. there 
you could see, okay, that kid looks that kid looks part. Uh, Thomas Harper's short, like he's he's five ten ish. I mean, he looks short next to their tall corners. Chance Tucker had went through a bit of a body uh, reshaping. Chance, if you go back and look at pictures of Chance the last two years, he, he had a very. This is going to sound really weird, and I don't know other how else to describe it. But he had a very immature looking body. Maybe like not a lot of definition, like still looks like a young kid who just kind of started working out. If like, you know what like, I'm talking about. Like, like narrow, right? There's yeah, but, narrow not builds. narrow, but, but even sometimes maybe a little bit like, I don't know, pudgy, but not like gut pudgy, but just like his body just didn't look. He went out there today looking like, okay, this guy looks solid. Like Chance looks solid. Like he has really put in some work in the weight room, man. Like you could just see around like his chest was out a little bit, you know, because today they're not wearing shoulder pads. You can see yeah. a little bit more of their of their frame. Chest was sticking out, like his his thighs looked like he'd, you know, been squatting like cars this summer. Like he just <laughs> really looked good or this yeah. uh winter. So that was good to see. See chance and you know, a couple downhill drills. They were working on like tackling drills. And I don't know why it happened this way, but I just happened to look over. You know, if they're in between here, I just would happen to look over. And like almost every time I look over, it was chance taking a rep. <laughs> just kind of luck luck that way. And they were working on uh tackling, you know, those uh, those uh those big round pads, yeah. right? That they roll the tire looking the donut thing, looking yeah. things. Yeah. yeah. So he was tackling that onto another pad, which was really smart because Notre Dame practices tackling like live takedown tackling on these pads, but they don't take them to the ground. They land on like a, it's like, looks like a track mat, which mm-hmm. is good because it just takes some of that wear and tear off your body. But they're working on that. And his, when he plants and I mean, he was really exploding downhill, Ryan, like really firing downhill. So I was really happy to see. Uh, see what Chance was doing. He he looked good. He looked awesome. really good. And Aiden Counter Anna, I thought looked good going through drills. And he was very vocal today. I, I liked what I saw from him. That's awesome. Gabriel Rubio's filling out a little bit. And again, you couldn't see a ton of. It's funny. I'm like, man, Javante Jean Baptiste doesn't look as big as I thought he was. Like I thought he'd be a lot taller. And I was, oh, never mind. He's standing next to Alexander Aaronsberger. <laughs> like and six, then Alex, <laughs> Alexander has one of those uh, concussion hats on. That add like another two inches to the. So, you know, so he's they, six nine right it now. It looks like six. I'm like, okay, yeah, he's good. He's good. He's yeah. good. Yeah, he looks fine. He's big. Um, and then Coach Freeman did confirm what we'd been saying all summer or all off season, which he is going to start off as the as a he called it the field end. It's the defensive end, which is big the end, strong whatever. Side. Yeah, yeah, the Viper exactly. goes boundary weak side, and then the the big end is the field guy. So the that is uh, that is where he's going to play. So awesome. yeah, but he he looked good. But I'm like, so I'm like, man. They, these D linemen, like for whatever reason, don't look that big. And then I realized that Alexander was the first guy in line uh, at the for defensive ends. Like, yeah, that makes a lot more sense. Uh, Jordan Patelho, I didn't see him a ton, just going through yeah. drills. His burst, I mean, just man, he's got a nice burst. Man. He just comes off the ball really well. Jaden Osbury is really smooth and athletic. Yeah, he is. And Drake I, Bowen's a lot bigger. He looked like he was, was the biggest say. linebacker of the freshman man. Like he definitely looked bigger than. I mean, you expect him to be bigger than Osprey. He looked bigger than Preston Zinner, like wow. just filled out. I mean, Drake looks he, like he's been putting in some work. He looked like that down in San Antonio, Brian, for the All American Bowl. Like, I think he weighed in that week at two thirty one. I think Notre Dame has him at two twenty five right now. So I guess it cut yeah. a few pounds. But I don't man, know how. Well, I don't know how accurate those height and weights are, right? Sure. To be completely honest with you, <laughs> well, it's, it's kind of yeah. it's kind of it's kind of hard to mess up a weight, though. You know, like a little bit hard yeah. to mess up a weight. But <laughs> who knows? But yeah, we'll, we'll talk more about those. Oh, JD Bertrand looked really quick today. I don't know Good. what it was like. He's got some pep in his step or what, but he was really moving through drills, really moving through drills well. So, yeah, that's another guy that I saw. Awesome. Sounds good. 
Yeah, so a few defensive takeaways there. Just very brief. Again, Brian on day one was really focusing on the offensive side of the football, specifically quarterbacks, oh, wide receivers. Somebody asked about end. this too, Ryan. Yes. Prince Kali is very small. Very small? Like you just see it. Like he's noticeably smaller than everybody else out there. Like hmm. two inches. Like he's six feet. Like he's not six two. I- I, I saw him listed. I saw under ten pounds. I, I saw him. I saw him listed at six foot and a half, two twenty. Yeah. So that sounds he's, about right. I don't know if he's yeah. two twenty. I really yeah. don't know if he's two twenty. Huh. He That's... is noticeably smaller than the other linebackers out there. He's athletic. Yeah, but he's small. That's he's interesting, man. That's really yeah. interesting. I thought he was a little taller than that, and yeah, huh? Yeah, not great, not great. But we will keep you all updated. Next practice, you have availability to Brian. I know you'll be at the pro day on the 24th, which is Friday, oh, Friday. And then yep. we'll have another, so they'll, they'll have a practice on Friday, but that's closed. Yep. And then they'll have another practice on Saturday, I believe in the stadium, I think is nice. where Saturday's practice is going to be. So that'll be pretty cool. As long as it's warm, that's the only problem is if it's cold, I'm like, that sucks. Yeah. Saturday's <laughs> practice will be, no, it'll be in. Oh, it'll be, yeah, it'll be the stadium. It'll be the nice. stadium. So yeah, very much looking forward to that. So we so we'll of course have some coverage of the pro day. We'll also have coverage of the next practice we have availability yeah, for, which so will we'll, be this. We'll do Saturday. a show on Saturday recapping the practice. Yep. Yes. So we got you all covered for spring ball, but that's going to do it for first day practice impressions here on the Irish Breakdown Podcast. Don't go anywhere because we're yes. going to go to the mailbag next. So please, before we transition lots to the mailbag, today. yes, lots of questions. So if you could please, before we get to the mailbag, like share, subscribe to the podcast. If you're listening to us on your favorite podcast platform, five-star reviews are very much appreciated. We're giving you all constant intel and just general analysis on boards.irishbreakdown.com. That is made for premium subscribers, so go check that out. But also, of course, Brian's practice impressions from today, as well as recruiting content and everything else team-related that we have. It was also live on the site at irishbreakdown.com, so make sure to go check that out. That is all free, and uh, yeah. And one thing on two is I put the practice report up first on the message board. Yep. Then I go through the process of turn eventually turning it into a story. But so if you want to get my practice report as quickly as possible, that it goes to the message board first. And so just just uh, keep that in mind as well yep. for that. So boards.irishbreakdown.com. Make sure you stay tuned to IB Nation Sports Talk as well. If you missed it, yesterday I had Tariq Bracey on, who was going to be present during the pro day Such this Friday team. as well. He was a really good kid. First time really hearing a little bit of glimpse into his story. Like I knew the name obviously, but hadn't really heard him speak much in the past and really kind of tell his backstory. So make sure to tune in. IB Nation Sports Talk every day at 6 p.m. Eastern time. Make sure to tap in. And if you haven't listened to that interview, you should. But we're going to miss, move to the mailbag next. Make sure to keep put, throwing those mailbag questions in. But that's going to end this for the first section se- section of spring football recap here on the Irish Breakdown Podcast.
This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.